Well, I'm really excited today because I'm going to talk to somebody that I really, really love and admire. He makes me laugh so much. I did one of his shows once and I I just giggled through the whole thing. He's a, a very smart, lovely man and his name is Harry Hill. Harry Hill, how are you? Hello, Twiggy. I'm very well, yes. Oh, it's so lovely to see you. Mm. Well, when did we first meet? I was trying to think today when we first met. We first met, I think, on your when you very sweetly invited me to come on your tea tea with Harry Hill <laughs> show. And I actually I, I did rewatch it last week and I mean, oh, really? it, it was bonkers. Well that you, was the you, you know that was the most pe- you made me pierce you were making a molecule, you made me pierce tomatoes yeah. with a breadstick and an egg. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> <you> right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that's the actually yeah, of all the shows. I mean, it's the least well-known show I ever did. I did that show for Sky. That's you right. Know, and and, and um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe people don't watch Sky as much as they watch other. But but it was um, it was the most fun out of out of all the shows I've ever done. You know, even though people perhaps don't know about it. That was that uh, tea time thing, which basically, if you haven't seen it, was a a spoof cookery show, wasn't it? All the it was hysterical. All the recipes were inedible. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Good for a cooking show. <laughs> and then it ended up with a, a food fight at the end, didn't it? It did. I think I it managed did. to duck out of most of that. Yes. You did, yes. as you just said to me, you did wear the most gorgeous Sergeant Pepper jacket. Yeah. Do you remember? It was yeah. bright blue. Yeah, it was Beatles. Uh, what was it? Beatles uh, cookies or something, wasn't it? Oh, I can't remember. It's only, yeah. It was, yeah. It, was, it was half an hour of madness, but great fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was fun. It was always fun. And then we, at the very end, we would launch a 20-foot-long uh, inflatable sausage into the audience, <laughs> which the first the first time we did it, 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 we had too much helium in it, and it went up and got uh, stuck on the lights. It burnt on the... <laughs> <laughs> so we never... We, we just had to keep using the same footage every week. That is so funny. <laughs> yeah. So how have you been? So I think that was what about two thousand and seventeen. It's a long time ago, isn't it? Where's the where does the time go? Tweet? I know. Where does it go? Mm. Um, how have I been? Well, we had a thing called uh, there was a pandemic. I don't know if you heard about it. I know. I was going to ask you, but how did you <laughs> how did you cope? Well, we were talking about it yesterday. I mean, I'm you know we're very lucky here in uh, you know I say here at home because you know we've got a garden and the weather was lovely. Yeah. And there's a there's an enormously expensive delicatessen around the corner, which we you know we would go around and buy a piece of cheese for eight quid, <laughs> uh, and it was it was actually you know I've got quite fond memory you know fond memories of that first lockdown you know when when the weather was nice and it was I mean it was scary but because it was sort of unknown you didn't know what yeah. was and every you know every afternoon at five o'clock you'd be glued to the TV seeing what you uh-huh. know. Mr. Boris it, Johnson had to say. Oh, God. It, it's, um, <laughs> <laughs> let's not get, let's not let's get into not that. Let's not get into that. But, um, no, I know what you mean. I mean, we were lucky, like you. We, 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 just, we just actually exchanged contracts on a, um, a place in Sussex. So we Essex. had lots of – no, Sussex. That was Sussex. Mm. Teeth back in. Um, oh. And so we had lots of – boxes to unpack we had things to do and then yeah. I, I got asked if I'd do this podcast 
which was um, was wonderful, actually. I mean, I was a bit nervous because I'd never done one. Yeah, and, yeah. And then um, I did, I think I rang Joanna Lumley up first because I know her and I thought, well, she's great fun and she'll yeah. tell wonderful stories. And- she's a great uh, She's a great booking. If you've got Joanna Lumley's number, you don't really need anyone else's <laughs> That's number. That's very true and she's gorgeous and I love her to bits. And, and I said to her, Look, I'm, I'm ringing you because I'm really scared. Will you help me through my first podcast? She said, of course darling and of course she did bless her I mean, for comedian it was it was uh tough because you know we couldn't you know it's the one thing you need for a comedian is an audience yeah so it was that it was that weird thing you know and i hadn't stopped doing gigs you know I, it was the longest period i'd ever had without doing a gig nor you know normally i would i mean you know a couple of weeks perhaps but uh, and then this you're just like, on the road, are you doing stand up? Uh, you know, you're on you're on the road. You're doing clubs. You're just sort of, you know, if I was if I had a gap between other stuff, I would just go and do a, you know, just to sort of top up the uh, the joke catalogue. <laughs> and then you couldn't you couldn't do them. And then, but there were these online gigs. You know, when it first started, That's right. the, the you know, we forget how much this technology is advanced. <laughs> And you do that. So I did a few of those. And the first few you did, you couldn't hear the audience. You couldn't see the audience and you couldn't hear them. You know, this, uh, oh, the technology yeah, 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 improved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you do the joke and you wouldn't, you wouldn't even Silence. really. F- <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't even know if anyone was actually out there listening. <laughs> and then that improved, you know, and then you could see a few people, you know, in their front rooms. But then you'd be doing the gig and you'd see someone get up and make a cup of tea or something. It was like. <laughs> It's not what you really what you want. Not very good for your confidence, is it? No. And then, they, <laughs> then I got asked to do. I didn't do it, but I got asked to do. Um, they started doing drive-in. Um, did you hear about this drive-in no, what's gigs? That? Yeah. So the idea was someone had a, a bright idea. You know, the sort of height of the pandemic that you could drive into a field, yeah. and there and the comedian would be on a stage. Right, so you'd go on and you'd do it to a bunch of people in cars. <laughs> like a drive-in movie. <laughs> like a drive-in movie. Oh, and wow. the bloke booking it said uh, to me, oh, yeah, you know, what will happen is they'll get out of their cars, they'll be sitting at picnic tables, but, you know, and they'll be laughing. But the truth of it was, and I, I didn't do one, but I talked to Bill Bailey. Oh, he yeah. did one. And, it, and he said, basically, because we're British, you know, once you're in your car, you don't want to get out of your car. So they sat in their cars and instead of laughing, they honked their horns. <laughs> <laughs> he said it was like doing a gig to a um, a bunch of people waiting to get on a cross-channel ferry. That's so hysterical. <laughs> I mean, that's mad. And that's like a sketch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it was weird. It was weird for me. And it was like the first time I'd stopped, you know, kind of working. But surely really. the upside, I mean... You you have, you've got three girls, have you? Yeah, yeah. How, yeah, how old are they? It's twenty. Well, two. One is just sort of. Tw- so you got twenty five, twenty four, and eighteen. So okay. the eighteen year old who, uh, weirdly, Twiggy is a massive Twiggy fan. Oh, how sweet! I say weirdly. I'm joking, but yeah, she's. Uh, I would beckon her in, but she's probably still in bed. Uh, well, if by the yeah. end get her to come and say hello. Yeah, she did a screen print of you. Oh, she did oh, a screen fabulous. print of you. Oh, yeah. lovely. Yeah. So she would have been, uh, what, 15, 14 when COVID, yeah. So she, was she, were the other girls at home as well? No, as soon as it, <laughs> as soon as they they heard that they might have to stay with us for 
an indefinite period. They <laughs> headed off to the coast. We've got a holiday home. We've got a holiday home. Oh, how lovely. Yes. Really uh, they headed off down there. So um, they had a great time because they were on the furlough. Oh, great. They were on the furlough. As in, we were lucky because we, you know, we didn't get it. We didn't get ill or anything. I mean, we, I didn't get it until um, till the whole thing had settled down. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. I mean, I w we were both quite nervous at the beginning, like you said. And also, you know, my if you were over 50. Well, Lee and I were way up there. So, you know, it was scary, wasn't it? Because we didn't really know. And, and, you know, and some people, you know, really, really suffered and lost loved ones. And it was absolutely horrible. Yeah. But actually, yeah. we, like you, we got it much later. But I'd had all my jabs and things. So. That's it, it the was, jabs. Once you got the jab, you know. But it was just that weird. It was that weird. I mean, I imagine it, it's what it was like. Where I mean, it's in a different way. But you know, when there when there was a a war, that feeling of not knowing what was going to what yeah, was going to happen. Happen absolutely. And I'm sure we'll be all be talking about it. You know, like my mum, who's in her eighties, she talks about the war the whole time having lived through it. And uh, I'm sure when we were in our 80s, we'll be going, yes, I remember I remember the COVID. The <laughs> <laughs> but did you... I remember now you, Codiv. Now you, as yeah. well as being, you know, a performer, you write. So did wasn't that a mm. good time to sit down and... Well, like all comedians... pen to paper. <laughs> yeah, like all comedians, during the lockdown, what I did was I wrote my autobiography. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> the, the thing, yeah, it was, it was brilliant, except that, Every that Christmas, every comedian <laughs> had, had an autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you either wrote an autobiography, or you wrote a play, or you wrote, uh, you know. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm quite happy to to be at home in in some ways. You know, I can sort of amuse myself, and uh, you know, you can still write jokes and uh, and sketches and stuff. So and you can perform. And in fact, I carried on doing. I did that. Um, you know, I do Junior Bake Off, which is like the the kind of uh, kids version That's of right. Bake Off, and that, uh, oh, that and that actually still so went ahead. That must be so much fun. Well, it's mixed back with. I mean, it looks <laughs> <laughs> it looks like a a lot of fun, and it is a lot of fun because kids are obviously <laughs> endlessly surprising. You know, I mean, that's what's so fun about it. But at the same time, you know, they they do get quite upset. Oh yeah, if, they, know, they, if, do they, if the, they don't if they don't win, yes, they like. Or to if be they the don't best. win, or if they just you know, like if a grown up drops their cake onto the carpet, you know, they might be able to just sort of <laughs> think, right, I'm gonna. But a, you know, a, a little one will. will uh, they do tend to cry, and, and oh. of course, we <laughs> we edit out, we edit all that out. Oh yeah, and then there's and of course there's lots of wasps and there's a lot of sugar. So ninety percent of the time, I'm going like that. Swatting away wasps. Have you got your cup of tea as you're having tea with me? What, what do you drink tea? Oh, that's a big cup. Well, it's because I'm holding it close to the camera. Look, it's even that's, bigger. Oh, now. yeah, mine's bigger too. What are you drinking? Well, I like, you know, I, I like uh, break, you know, just breakfast tea. Builders. PG tips, gold is what gold. I like. Gold, oh, okay. In our family, I was, I have milk, right? But yeah. in our family, with the the kids and my wife, they all have. There's like three different milks. Oat, you know, there's one soy, takes soy oat. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. 
It's ridiculous, yeah, I, I, Twiggy. I, I, I'm milk, I have to say. Yeah. Now, I, I yes. mean, I knew this from meeting you, but I, I, mm. I don't know how many people listening do know that. But you trained as a doctor, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, that was another thing that happened. What? That during the, the pandemic, the you weird... went in, you went, you went in and became a doctor again. Well, <laughs> you laugh, you laugh, but you know what? You know what happened was what? I kept on the register. You know, to to stay on the medical register, all you have to do is is pay a, a sub every year. Oh, okay. Uh, and because I hadn't done it for a long time, I was registered as uh, retired. And I used to, I used to just stay on the register out of nostalgia. And I thought, well, you know, why not? Am I, you know, I just kept paying it basically on one of those direct debits you can never find work out of cancel. And um, then I got contacted. Right in, you remember the the early days of the pandemic when there was this, you know, they built the, that uh, Nightingale Hospital and. It was all sort of doom and gloom. And they contacted me saying, uh, as a retired doctor, we want to talk to you about uh, returning to work, right? Yeah, I know. And this, bearing in mind, it's 30 years since I, I mean, I, I gave it up in 1990. So it's actually, so. And were you, were you actually fully qualified then? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, okay, I worked for a, yeah, I worked wow. for sort of two years. Oh, okay. Then another 18 months sort of part-time. And, um, so I one evening I thought uh I had I'll be honest I had I'd had a few drinks and I clicked on the I clicked on the on the link and signed up to be returned to, to, to right yeah next day of course I wake up and I think oh god what have I done nothing happened right for a couple of weeks I thought oh you know I've got away with it and then I get this phone call I get this phone call from Dawn of the London Workforce Hub Wanting to talk to me about my return to work, okay? Oh so I was goodness. like, ter I was like really nervous. You can imagine, right? Oh my god! And she's saying to me, "So what did you used to do?" I said, "Well, you know, I was a general uh, physician." She she said, uh, "So what sort of thing?" I said, "I don't know, you know, um, you know, respiratory." Oh, right. And she's writing all this down, and I'm saying, "Look, I haven't done it for thirty years." She said, "No, no, it's not a problem." Anyway, at the end of this call, she said to me, "Could you start work on Monday?" <laughs> oh my goodness. And I said, well, uh, yeah, I mean, not possibly sort of thing. And then they sent me, they sent me all these tutorials to um, get back up to speed. So I clicked on the, <laughs> I clicked on the first one. And it took me about an hour and a half just to do this one. I thought it's going to take me five years to get back up to speed. And then luckily, you know, with the the uh you know uh vaccinations and everyone washing their hands and you know behaving themselves they didn't they never followed it up so uh i think it was a, it would have been very worrying if you woke up and you saw me at the end of your bed <laughs> it might have <laughs> then you know you're in trouble might have cheered people up. <laughs> but yeah but would you but if yes, they I was. called you would you have had to go in well, that was what I was worried I about. Mean, I, was, I felt like I was being called up. You know, it was like yeah. I thought there's going to be a car arrive and two blokes going to be get out and get bundle you in the me car. into the back of it. But no, is the truth. And actually, I phoned up my, you know, I've got a lot of friends who are doctors, obviously, and I, I phoned them up and they were just laughing at the idea of me. I bet. That is, <laughs> it is hysterical. I, th yeah. I think there's a TV show in that, Harry. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, gosh. There what is. I'm sure I felt really nervous. It's funny because, you know, 
and I, I remembered why I gave it up is that I didn't ever feel really comfortable as a doctor. I never felt really in control. You know, people say to you, "Do you get nervous?" going on as a comedian and I, I get a bit nervous but nowhere near as nervous as when I used to be on call how interesting yeah why, yeah. why is and, that because people's lives are in your hand or uh, yeah it's the responsibility yeah. and I just don't think I was cut out for it honestly you know I mean it is a perhaps big leap from doctor mm. to comedian isn't it I mean yeah. <laughs> were, you, were you always funny <laughs> Not funny, not funny, peculiar, but funny. Depends who you ask. Depends <laughs> who you ask. Um, well, I, yeah. I always, I always loved comedy. You know, like some people follow music as as a teenager. I, I was just, I loved comedians. You know, so I mean, as a kid, I, I mean, in the seventies, it was the, the TV was the only. You know, I live, I grew up in rural Kent, so it was. You kind of only window on the world. The only way of finding out what was going on was to watch TV. You know, you couldn't Google stuff, and so you know, I I used to love all those, you know, Mark on Wise, Tommy Cooper, Bruce Forsyth, all that lot, and then you know, Spike Milligan and Monty Python, and so yeah, th that was the stuff I really uh, that really affected me. Did you have one life? I mean, I think if I think Tommy Cooper was my all-time. I mean, I love Morecambe and Wise, but Tommy Cooper. Yeah. Well, as soon yeah. as he walked out, you start laughing, and he doesn't. He hasn't done. Yeah, anything. I never saw him. Yeah, I never saw him live. I mean, no, I, I didn't was never um, just on no. TV. Yeah, it's a shame we we never. Um... He had funny bones, but you have funny bones too. <laughs> oh well, I mean, yeah, but he's he's exceptional because it's not really about his material, is it? Actually, because no. a lot of his. It, a lot of his jokes told by anyone else would be they're not funny. terrible. I mean, they're, but it's just the way he, uh, well, he the as way I he say, put it he across. Would walk out, in that TV show he did, he'd walk out through those curtains and, and he was so big, wouldn't he? And he'd just stand there with that, that face on and that face and you'd be hysterical. I mean, I would be hysterical and he hadn't yeah. done anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, was, brilliant, yeah. Absolutely amazing. So, yeah, I... I uh, that was the thing, really. I, I just liked... But I couldn't work out how to be a comedian. That was the thing. So did you one day think, I'm not going to go to work tomorrow? I mean, how did it How did it kind well, of... what it was... Uh, because I came to medical school in London, around that time, sort of uh, in the 80s, that was just the start of that alternative, so-called alternative stuff, huh? you know, so the comedy store. There were loads of clubs in London, comedy clubs that, that sprung up. So I would go to those just for a night out. And so I'd see people like, I don't know, Joe Brand and Lee Evans and Jack D, people like that. And I, I realized that you could, that it didn't seem such a difficult thing to be in the audience in a pub and then be on stage in the pub. You know, it wasn't like the London Palladium, you know, or, or it seemed like it was a, it was a, a bit a kind of like an underground sort of scene. And so I, I, I mean, I, if a weird thing about medical school is there is this tradition of medical school reviews get kind of sketch yeah so we used to, i was heavily involved in those so i you know and gradually it's just one of those things and then and i was wrestling with it uh, uh basically about i knew i wasn't happy being a doctor and but i had obviously it's such a huge thing to step away from difficult to say to your mum 
oh, you know, I'm a doctor. <laughs> because you, it was just giving it up. You couldn't, you couldn't, I, I was so busy as a doctor, I couldn't do it part time. I couldn't do any, you know, I was working, you know, back then the, the uh, doctor's hours were a lot longer. You know, I'd be, um, I mean, I would start, uh, I'd be on call for a weekend. I would start on Friday morning and I wouldn't finish till Monday evening. Oh, my goodness. No sleep. Yeah. Well, you'd be on call, so you'd be, you, oh, so you'd you go don't to really, bed, but then you get woken yeah, up. You don't get proper well, Sometimes sleep. you would, but, you you know, usually you'd, you'd go around about midnight, make sure everyone was okay, and then you'd probably get woken up at about two. You know, people have heart attacks in the early morning, or they have yeah. asthma attacks, and that was the thing. So I would get, I used to be on the cardiac arrest team, so it would be oh, like, um, I'd be, you know, you'd, I'd be in bed and it would go, dee, 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 and then, nah. <laughs> fall out of bed and then run across the car park. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, you got to be the right sort of person for that, oh. really. No, I, I mean, um, listen. Thank God for doctors. Thank and God for doctors. And I know. And they yeah. they were the heroes of the oh. pandemic. Well, always, always. Um, yeah. Now you did live in. I read in your bio you lived in Hong Kong for a couple of years, right? Yeah, as a kid. Yeah. What was that like? Well, it was mad. I mean, I've been I I've visited once a long time ago. Yeah. So this is 1978. I, I was living in a, a small village in Kent, right? Uh -huh. So then, you know, you had to get a bus to get to Maidstone, which was like the center oh, yeah. of uh, the world. You know, they had a, it had a cinema and a, yeah. a W.H. Smith's and a Sainsbury's. And, and then suddenly we were in um, Hong, <laughs> Hong Kong. Kong. It was just crazy, you know. Just a completely different culture, and yeah, I bet you missed your friends because you were a teenager. Yeah, weren't yeah, you? I didn't like it. You know, when I first no. got there, I, I was really lonely and uh, oh. and unhappy. You know, uh, but and then, but then when we left, which is about two years later, I didn't really want to come back because it was um, I sort of got the hang of it by then. Yeah. You know, was city life was really exciting. Was that because your was that because your dad's or your mum's work? You went. Yeah, my dad's uh, job. I don't really know what he did to this day. <laughs> something, to do with, something to do with shipping. He used not to get a, on the train in the morning and disappear and then come back in the evening. Not a spy. <laughs> well, he might have been a spy. <laughs> might have been a spy, Twiggy. Ooh. How would I find out? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he used to have a gun. No, he didn't. He didn't have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everyone, I hope you're all well. I'm really excited because I am going to be doing my first live show <laughs> as part of the London Podcast Festival in King's Cross, London on Saturday the 16th of September at 7pm. And I have the most wonderful special guest who's going to join me and have a chat and have tea with me. And that is the wonderful, the hilarious, the divine Ben Elton. So if you'd like to come and join us and join in the fun, please go to kingsplace.co.uk and type in Tea with Twiggy to book your tickets. See you there. Bye. Now, I saw you on telly a couple of weeks ago talking about this musical, which is 
Oh, yeah. Going great guns. Tony Blair, the musical. It sounds absolutely hysterical. If you're in Sussex, it's going to Brighton, I think. It's, or, oh, when? I think Brighton's probably the nearest. Do you know, I can't remember. A couple oh, of weeks, I'll, I think. I'll, I'll look it up. Hmm. Um, so, Tony Blair, the music, I'll tell you about it. Uh, basically, it's just a, it's a good story for a musical, I think, because it's extreme. You know, Tony Blair, whatever you think of him, he started off as a sort of um, peace-loving hippie. Then you see even those photographs of him at Oxford with the long hair. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, because he was a very young prime minister. He was one of the youngest prime ministers he ever had he at was, the time. Wasn't he? yeah. Yeah, and he turns up and he's sort of young and he's got that grin and he's sort of, I mean, he's not, I wouldn't call him necessarily handsome, but he's compared to John Major, you know, <laughs> which was the other alternative. Although you know, my daughter, quite... when my daughter Carly was a little girl, she she had a crush on John Major. <laughs> really? But she was only about seven. She of... thought he was a nice man. <laughs> But then she also loved Sid James. <laughs> right. Nice to have a type. <laughs> yeah. And then he, and obviously he becomes, you know, Britain's most successful Labour I Prime know. Minister. And, yeah, you know, that time was in Britain was a really exciting time. It was Britpop and it was the yeah, turn was. of, you know, it was the millennium. It was the, um, you know, felt like, you know, compared to now, like a very hopeful time, I think, I to, to a lot of people. Uh, and it was suddenly kind of trendy to be British again. And then obviously the whole thing goes very badly wrong with the whole, uh, you got 9-11 and the whole uh, war in Iraq, which turned everyone against him. And, uh, and so it's like a kind of rise and fall in many ways. And somehow we've managed to make it funny. And did, have you written all the songs? So I don't write the songs. This I write. I wrote it with Steve Brown, who's a friend of mine. Who um, he writes musicals, basically, and writes oh, okay. uh, funny songs and stuff. Yeah, and the songs are brilliant. So you did the, the script, and he does. He did the. Um... Yeah, we did it. We sort of did it together to to an extent, but you know, we would. So I would say, oh, how about a song about uh, like so. I mean, and some of it's a tricky, tricky stuff to to work with because of obviously the nature of the material. And so Saddam Hussein, right? Obviously, he's, a, <laughs> he's not a funny person, but we play him as like kind of Groucho Marx. He's got okay. the moustache and the eyebrows and the cigar, and he's saying. And so we, you know, we were kind of coming up, uh, came up with this idea of basically he's singing a song saying, you know, what I never did anything wrong, you know, because that, that was his, that was his line basically. In the um, around that, he was saying, Bessie, I haven't got anything. I've not done anything. Why are you picking on me?" And then it lists all the terrible things he's done. Things he's done. And yeah. he says, "Well, yeah, I never done anything wrong." And he sings it as a kind of Groucho Marx. Um, so yeah, we would get together, and I mean, it was, the writing it was was brilliant fun. I mean, it was, it took a long time to get it off the ground. Obviously, we were about to sort of workshop it, and the the pandemic happened. So I was going to say that it must have clashed with that. So yeah. what, did just, like, so many projects, it got put on hold, yeah? It did, yeah. And then the, then the problem went after the pandemic was that all the projects that had been put on hold were suddenly back on, and you had got this huge backlog, so it was very difficult to get venues. And, That's uh, right, I know. Yeah, so, uh, and, you know, a lot of venues, I think, closed down. We had so many friends who were in that position, just, like, yeah, waiting in the queue. You know, yeah. directors, actors, 
musicians. And everyone wrote a blooming play. That's the other problem. <laughs> <laughs> While they were locked up. It's like a huge backlog of, of material. But, um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, this show. Did you not ever? Did you ever think you'd be in it or not? I wanted to be in it. But Steve said I didn't have a good enough singing voice. He didn't, did he? He did, yeah, yeah. What a swine. <laughs> uh, what an absolute swine. Who, yeah, did no, you, I love who did you want to play? Well, the main character is, in a way, is the kind of ringmaster of it all is Peter Mandelson. So oh. he comes on the star. Yeah, it's a bit like, you know, he's not really like Cabaret, but, you know, in Cabaret you have the sort of ringmaster. Mm. Or actually, the better reference would be the Rocky Horror Show, you know, with Tim Curry as the yeah, yeah. Of, uh, oh, lovely Tim. So, uh, yeah, he's brilliant, isn't he? Brilliant. Tim Curry is brilliant in that in that show. Yeah, it's one of the great performances. It is. It really I, is. Did you see that live? I saw that live. He was. No, I didn't. I saw it live, but not with him. He was yeah. unbelievable, mesmerizing. Larger so than charismatic. Life. So charismatic. Yeah. That voice. And I, uh, yeah. he was. Why had he done before that? I mean, what was um, his sort of thing? I can't remember. Gosh. I mean, I think he was quite young. I think he was just, you know, a young actor. And it was like, you know, they often say that there's always one part that changes yeah. an actor's life. And that certainly was, I think, for him. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. And he's also such a lot. I mean, I know him a little, but I haven't seen him for years because he lives in LA. Um, but um, but he's lovely, lovely guy. It's mm, good to know. So, so I didn't have a good enough voice. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> Has Tony Blair seen it? Do you know? We always put two tickets on the door for him, Twiggy. <laughs> <laughs> but he, as yet, he hasn't claimed TV them. With TV on the front. Yeah, Tony's tickets. <laughs> So if your name happened to be Tony Berry, even if you weren't... You'd get free tickets. You'd get in free. Um, no, he hasn't been. And someone said to me, uh, someone who did know him briefly, said uh, he wouldn't find it very funny. But Cherie might. Oh, Apparently okay. Cherie's got a bit more of a sense of humour about it. <laughs> <laughs> Although we place... We, Cherie, in, in our production, we, we, we play as a sort of cross between... Lily Savage and um, Scylla Black. Oh, <laughs> you know, she's, how brilliant. She's that kind of, she's a kind of scouser, you know. I'm so impressed that you've done it. It's amazing. I mean. Yeah, I'm quite impressed that I've done it, yeah. actually. In, you know, because it is a big, it is quite a big job getting anything off the ground. Oh, it's so hard. Without, you, you know, it's easier if you're in it. You know what I mean? If it's, oh, yeah, it's a Harry Hill thing. But, yeah. But, um, it's much harder to persuade people because basically that's what you're doing, persuading people to back it. I know. So, uh, yeah. No, it's a lot of fun. And it's going all around. I think it's going to Birmingham this week and um, Cardiff and Brighton and, yeah. And Edinburgh. It's going to the Edinburgh Festival for oh, a month. Oh, fabulous. So that'd be good. I, yeah, the, I think it'll do are well the, there. Are the cast loving it? It must be so You know much. what they are? And it's a very cheap production. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like, it's because there's nine of them playing all these different characters. Oh, how fabulous. So there's a lot of changing wigs and, you know, uh, the the, first, the main problem we had when it first opened was that um, Saddam Hussein's moustache kept falling off. So now it's on <laughs> elastic. It's on elastic. <laughs> all around the back of their head. Yeah. yeah. It's the only way to get it to stay on. Uh, so you get an idea of the kind of uh, production value.
When did you, I wanted to ask you, when did you, because you were doing stand-up, right? You went from being a doctor, doing stand-up, and then suddenly you were on telly. I mean, how did the telly thing happen? Did somebody see you in a club? Because suddenly you were on telly and all over everything, and, you know, we all fell in love with Harry Hill and his madness. <laughs> well, what it was, I think what I got a job, I was in Edinburgh. I did a, uh, a two-hander with Alistair McGowan, you know, the... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was a really good friend. And um, and he had done a lot of radio because he did voices. You know, he did used to do... Uh, and a producer from radio came to see him and saw me at the same time and gave me a job writing for radio. So I started writing oh, on okay. a weekly radio show. Then I got a radio show of my own called Fruit Corner, Harry Hill's Fruit Corner, which was basically a kind of radio version of that Badger Parade Channel 4 show thing. Okay. And then I tried to get it on TV. No one would have it. And then just, you know, sometimes it just takes a, something suddenly happens and there was like a stand-up show called Saturday Live on ITV. Lee Hurst hosted it. It was a live thing. Okay. What was good about that was that they couldn't edit me. So I, I had my five minutes and I could go on and just do my thing. Uh, and that really gave me, a, you know, suddenly that they were all over me, the TV people. You know, it, it just happens like that, doesn't it? Yeah, they, it's just the They one all decide thing. at once, right, we want him. And then it didn't really matter what I wanted to do at that point. And then when one one wants you, then the other one wants you. It's, it's yeah, like, yes, yeah. At that time, and then um, and off I went on that uh, crazy show. Yeah, yeah, with Bert Kwok and. Um, but you you won. I mean, you won like loads of Baftas, didn't you? Not for anything for that. I got comedy awards for that. But then the TV Bert was the thing that really. So I did the Channel Four thing, and that was like a kind of cult thing. I think it was like a. You know, Channel 4 in those days was a bit more of a sort of cult uh, channel, mm -hmm. wasn't it? You know? Yeah. And then they didn't want, they sort of said, oh, yeah, we've had enough of that. And um, then ITV took me on. I I, I, I did, t you know, then TV Burt was the big sort of success, yeah. really, of um, Is that kind what of mainstream. You got the, what did you get the first BAFTAs for? I got BAFTAs. That? Yeah, I got that's what I got the BAFTAs for. Yeah, for, um, for TV Burt. Oh, okay. I don't think I got... Um, I don't, I don't think I got normal. I certainly didn't win any BAFTAs for the other one, and rightly so. <laughs> but even, I mean, to have one BAFTA is wonderful. You've got, how many have you got? Yeah, yeah. I three, got three or four, something. Yeah. Th three. It's, and then the comedy nice. awards. Yeah, I got various comedy awards, but that was easier to get because it was you just against comedians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lower bar. It's a lower bar. Oh, whereas um, the BAFTA is up against lots of different... Well, you know, you yeah, I don't know. It's the the BAFTAs are the 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 ones that people. Is it true you do a comic strip in, or did do a comic strip? Somebody said, "Oh, I think he did a comic strip in a." It was a comic in strip the, in, the, in, the, in the in the dandy. Dandy, oh god, yeah. that takes me yeah. back. Is it still Harry around Hills. the dandy? Uh, they don't. We, it's no, it's not. I think it's online now. But but oh. yeah, when. When uh, TV Burt was on, they, they had a strip in it, which was um, Harry Hill's Adventures in TV Land, which was uh, which was very thrilling. Yeah, I've got all and the did, copies. Did in you the loft. write it and somebody draw, drew it? Someone no, someone else wrote it and drew it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but and you... I used to. They used to send me uh, two uh, copies okay. of it, and one of which I'd give to my do youngest daughter. The other one I keep. Fabulous. 
had a God, free gift on it. I grew up on the Beano and Dandy, and and also the girls' magazines were Judy and oh God, I can't remember it so long ago. <laughs> Jackie, Jackie, Jackie. Oh God, yeah. Mm. amazing. Yeah, I was um, I was a Wizard and Chips. Boy. Was that a magazine? Wizard and Chips comic. Yeah, the first thing I ever uh, had printed was a cartoon in Wizard and Chips. I got a fifty p um, um, postal uh, postal order. Wow, as a kid. Mm, yeah, that must I have never been got, so exciting. Yeah, but the thing was in those days, so I I didn't I was I didn't get the I only got the Wizard and Chips when I had the money to buy it, right? Uh-huh. So by the time I got the the letter through saying you've it, we're printing it, it had already come out and I'd missed it. So <laughs> yeah, I never actually saw it in print. You never? But very, no, but I was very Aww. pleased with the with the postal order. I bet cash that still- the post office oh you you didn't you didn't keep it no, that's a lot of money back then 50p when did you um i mean you're you, i love the clothes i love your big shirt collar oh, shirt. Yeah. you haven't got you haven't got one on now i must tell you about. but wait those today. do you have those made those big uh, you have to twig, you for some reason and you you're a fashion <laughs> icon uh for some I reason think you you're a bit of them. a fashion icon <laughs> you can't buy them in the shops for some reason i don't understand why it. You should do a line of Harry Hill shirts. Yeah. With those big yeah. collars. They're brilliant. Who who makes did you go to a costume yeah? Yeah. So they they used there used to be a lot of people around, or you know, a lot of tailors that would make that kind of stuff, you know, showbiz to light entertainment. And there's fewer and fewer. And actually my uh the guy that made them, Mr. Domitakis, and a lot of them are sort of Greek Cypriots, yeah. he um he could he retired. Oh, he was no. very old. He was very old. And the last time I saw him, actually, for for a fitting, uh, I took his pulse because <laughs> he didn't look very well. Oh, gosh. He didn't look very well. But actually, he's retired. So then I had to find – I just found – there's a brilliant bloke I found, Gary, in uh, down in Kent, who is brilliant. Uh, and he because still the problem with your- them is, yeah, they can make them, but they have to make them stiff enough to, to stand to up. To stand up. Particularly if you get on stage and you get a bit hot and they start to sort of wilt and you end up, (laughs) it sort of falls down your back like a sailor. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I'm very fussy about it. But what what gave you the idea to do a shirt? Was it your idea? Was it? Well, it's just that I had a, I mean, I just just... had a, um, I had a shirt with a big collar. You know, I used to buy all my clothes from, um, you know, Oxfam, you know, from uh, charity shops in the, 80s, 90s. Well, now that's a big thing now. It's all yeah, and so the stuff you could buy back then that was stuff from the 70s. You know, if you in the 90s, you know, now if you're buying them, it probably it's stuff from the I don't know 2000s. But I had this big collar, and I used to wear it just because I liked it. But people used to say, "Oh, that's really good. That's funny. That collar." And so, so I kept, you know, I I kept wearing it, and then when I had a bit of money, I got some made. You know, with bigger collars. It's just that thing of, you know, in showbiz, if it works, keep it in. You know? And it's a funny thing. People go on about it, but really it, was no, it wasn't a big plan or anything. It's just a happy accident. But it, it works, doesn't it? Well, I mean, I did think, uh, I mean, around that time, a lot of comics were casual. You know, they would be jean, jeans and a T-shirt. And, that's right. And I, I always thought, because I was fan, a fan of the sort of, you know, those old comics, I always thought, oh, no, you should put a kind of 
an outfit on to go, yeah. you know, to, you know, you yeah, because actually, Morecambe and Wise were quite smart, weren't they? Yeah, they always yeah. had a suit on, they all had suits, yeah, they all wore yeah. a suit, even you know, Tommy Cooper had a suit, it was yeah, the so fez that was the kind of <laughs> undermined it, but um, so I always thought that my kind of references were always that sort of slightly cheesy entertainment, um, musical sort of seaside specialty type stuff, you know. Are you are yeah. you are you in the middle of are you going to do more TV shows or are you in the middle of shooting any or? I've just made a and it's that's ridiculous. I've just made a silent film about a caveman. Twiggy, I'm editing it at the moment, oh. in which I am the I am a. This is an idea I had, but just before lockdown, which I was stopped from doing by lockdown. And the idea was a live show about, I thought if, if you could come up with a live show where there was no dialogue, that it could be a really interesting idea. So I, I started doing this live show where I was a caveman. I came on as a caveman. I don't think I've got the wig. Well, anyway, but it's like, I've got like a Max Wall wig, you know, like that long hair and a caveman fur and these fake rubber feet. Okay. so. <laughs> So I booked a I booked a venue and I went on. I had this rock cardboard rock that I'd made and I came out from behind the rock. I got these fake teeth. And the audience just looked at me like I was completely mad. And, I think you are. And it and it didn't get much better. It didn't get much better. By the end they they were looking at me like when's this gonna stop? So that so I thought so I got a few laughs, but then so I rewrote it and did it again, and that was that got lots of laughs. But then that was literally the Friday before the lockdown, and so that was. And you didn't speak through the whole thing. No, it was lots of music and sound effects and stuff. Oh, amazing! Being you know falling over and being hit with rocks and stuff, and um, so then when the lockdown eased off a bit, when you could go out. I got a cameraman and we went and filmed some bits. I found a cave. Because <laughs> <laughs> every caveman needs a cave. <laughs> every caveman. Where is a caveman without his cave? And um, just down from Margate, I, I was walking along the coast. You know, we used to go on those long walks, you know, and I found this cave. I thought, oh, yeah. So I filmed a bit just for fun. And then I thought, oh, no, this is a, something I really want to do. So uh, I've just... Uh, I'm not sure how long this thing's going to be. I think it might be about 50 minutes. You know, it's quite long for a silent thing. So it's I don't a know what I'll do film. with it. Yeah, I don't know what I'll do with it. But, um, you know, I'm kind of at that uh, stage where I just want to do things for fun, really, or things that I enjoy. So, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think, you, well, in, in life you get to that point, don't you? Yeah. I think? When yeah, you've done yeah. lots of different things, you suddenly think, I only, well, I always decided, well, many years ago, that I only wanted to work with nice people. Because oh. life's too short. You know, luckily, yeah. I've been really lucky. Most of the people I've worked with have been fabulous. But there's Most people are, though, aren't they? Remember, they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, but what you know was what Ken I mean? Russell like? What was Ken Russell like? Uh, well, he, he changed my life, really. Because, I know. you know, yeah. I was happy, more, you know, I was. 18 years old when I met him, yeah. happy modeling, doing very well. <laughs> and um, he he changed. I mean, he, I always think of him as my mentor, really, because he kind really? of. Really? Well, he introduced me to, he used to have film nights, him and his wife, Shirley. Right. Uh, both of them not with us anymore, sadly. But um, 
And he would show all these amazing European films and Eisenstein films and all the Fred and Ginger movies. And it was like, oh, it was like, and play me classical music. I mean, my dad was a musician. He played, he self-taught himself piano, but he right. liked the big bands. I didn't really ever grow up on classical music and Ken loved classic. So I, it was kind of like a meeting this wonderful teacher, really. And then yeah. when he cast me in The Boyfriend, I was very nervous, but um, it, I had I had this to me this master, you know, giving me this chance. So I, I think, and he was low, and he was he was very funny. Yeah, well, he's uh, you know, you, I'm not sure you'd get someone like Ken Russell t today. You know, I don't that think kind you of would. you know that experimental. I mean, he was very ex eccentric, mm. and as he said, people either love my work or hate it. He said, all I, all, all I don't want is people to fall asleep. He said, I, I don't mind if they throw things at the screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel the same. I, I always think I'd much rather see something. I'd r much rather have a reaction to it than just sort of. Yeah, be, exactly. Mm. And that was Ken. Or, and, you know, and he did go too far in lots of his food. Yeah. It was when he went into his fantasy mode. Yeah, sure. And the, often the... Shirley would kind of say, Ken, you can't, you know, it's going on to 20 minutes is too long. <laughs> Uh, you know, he. I mean, some of his greatest work he did for TV. You know, all the yeah. composers and mm. uh, for Omnibus, I think. Yeah, black Pop Goes the Easel, that uh, the he, black and white thing about yeah. the pop artists. Yeah. yeah, well, he did, and he did um, many composers and dancers, and, and they were they were amazing. They were they were groundbreaking for television. Mm. So I just feel very lucky that our paths crossed, and and he opened a whole world. To me of performing so mm. i was lucky yeah cool but, but do, do you have one person in your life that kind of oh not a what as a mentor <laughs> yeah no, like do i i don't think sometimes so. it's a teacher isn't it yeah i mean i had uh there was one teacher at school who basically really kind of encouraged me when most teachers and about you were discouraging <laughs> You know, it was slightly, I don't know, it's a funny thing about teachers, isn't it? You sort of, it's a shame not all of them would could be a bit more go for yeah. it. I was lucky because I, I mean, I, I love school actually. And when that happened to me, I didn't, I didn't plan to, to leave, but, um, but I had teachers, I either loved them or that I was frightened of them. It I was, because I grew mm -hmm. up in the fifties. So there were a few teachers then that were still quite strict. Yeah, there were there were those uh, people. There were those teachers that everyone was scared of. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. If I mean, that they never, happens. they never. I mean, I never got the cane or anything. Although that's, mm. I think they were still giving it then. Yeah, and they were still Lee, giving the cane when I was at school. And Lee, my husband, he got the cane or the wax they used to call it. Mm. Must have been horrible. Yeah, but I think he probably deserved it. He probably did. <laughs> Listen, it's been an absolute joy talking to you. You're and lovely. you too. You're really I good could, to see you. I could chatter on for hours, but I know you've got to go. So if people want to go and see Tony Blair, the rock opera, how do they find out where it's on? Yeah, the best thing to do would be to uh, Google Tony Blair rock opera, basically, and there's a, a whole list of dates. But Excellent. off the top of my head, as I say, Birmingham this week and Brighton and... Um, Cardiff and we're actually doing uh, they're playing Sedgefield Parish Hall you know Sedgefield was his first uh, 
He was the MP for Sedgefield. Oh, Jenny really? Yeah. So oh, we're doing two. Good. We're doing two gigs there. I think that's sold out. But um, that's yeah, I'm not sure they have a box office there. I think you have to pay cash. Well, good luck with the rest of the run. <laughs> Thank you, Twiggy. <laughs> and I hope our paths cross again soon. Yes, absolutely. Lovely to talk to you. Lots and of love. Bye bye. Well, I'm sorry I made so much noise laughing, but Harry is really funny, as well as being really lovely. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And please check out Tony Blair, The Rock Opera. I'm going to go and see it. It sounds amazing. And if you Google it, you can find out, because it's going all around the country, as Harry said. It's in Brighton and Birmingham and the Edinburgh Festival and many, many other places. So do look it up and I hope you enjoyed uh, the chat as much as I did and had a little giggle with me. (laughs) Bye, see you soon. If this is your first time listening to Tea with Twiggy, please do remember to tell your friends. You can also subscribe for free on your podcast app and listen to all my previous guests. If you want to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Twiggy or you can find me on Instagram at Twiggy Lawson. My thanks go to all the people that have helped this podcast happen. Many thanks to James Carroll and all the team at North Bank Talent Management. Thanks to all the team at Stripped Media, including Ben Williams, who edits the show, my producer, Kobe Omanaka, and executive producers Tom Wally and Dave Corkery. The music you can hear now is my version of Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks. If you'd like to hear the whole song, you can find it and all the other songs I've recorded on iTunes and Spotify. So check it out. I look forward to you joining me for my next episode. So see you then. Bye. just heard a stripped media production.